0: welcome everybody to all about windows phone insight podcast number 107 recording this on tuesday the 19th of august 2014 just after a a new device launch over in america with me i have rave blanford hello everybody yes it's an exciting time to be recording this actually the news is once timely for our
1: recording session
0: (laughs) up to the minute we are yes um the htc1 m8 no no not for android for windows a brackets phone they just call it for windows has been launched um, as an exclusive for verizon wireless in the usa which is probably not that exciting for people outside the usa other than the fact that it's something different to nokia lumias Uh, and of course it it may well who knows come out to the rest of the world i guess rafe we should start with sort of exactly what it is in terms of specifications yeah i think that's probably a
1: a good place to start i mean uh, i would just say really exciting to see a really high-end phone come from someone other than Microsoft Nokia uh-huh. in the Lumia range. Yeah. I mean, we've yeah. had a few devices from Samsung, but if we're honest, they've been a little bit half-hearted. They've tended to be, you know, the Samsung Galaxy range minus one in terms of kind of the specification, and you know, not much put behind them. We'll, we'll talk about how much HTC is going to do with this. But HTC, of course, coming back to, to Windows Phone, they did have a a device last year, that went on to sprint and only sprint, but before that, you really need to go back to the sort of launch of Windows Phone 8 and the 8X and the 8S. So, you know, and before that, they had a lot of Windows Phone devices, probably the leading Windows Phone manufacturer before Nokia jumped in. So they've got a lot of history here. And then we get the HTC 1M8, which no surprises it started life as an android device but you're right it probably is worth going through some of the specifications for those who aren't familiar it's a a qualcomm snapdragon 801 2.3 gigahertz quad core processor Uh, it's actually running windows phone 8.1.1 so that's actually windows phone 8.1 with update one And then it's got uh, 32 gigabytes of internal storage, two gigabytes of RAM. Uh, The network is specific to Verizon, no real surprises there, but it does include um, 3G and 2G sort of uh, utms and gsm so it's a kind of a world phone so in theory at least you'll work outside uh the, the states in practice uh, there's going to be a bit of difficulty there nano sim format it's got all the accelerometers uh, sensors etc you'd expect including a barometer sensor for pressure then again all the connectivity you'd expect from you know wi-fi bluetooth nfc etc etc of course it's also thanks to windows phone 8.1 got support for dlna for mirror cast and the uh, 8.1 Project My Screen technology. An interesting one and the first for a while on Windows Phone, it's actually got an infrared uh, unit built into the device as well. On the sound side, it's HTC Boom Sound. That's really just the kind of HTC terminology for some I call it special source amplifiers, and really. What they're doing is just allowing a little bit more to go through those. So uh, the HTC One, well known for its kind of producing good sound quality through its speakers, expect something similar on the Windows Phone version. The camera is a really interesting one. We'll come back and get Steve's take on this in a minute. But it's the HTC Ultra Pixel camera. Uh, with a bsi sensor pixel size of uh, i think it's two micrometers uh, one over three inch in terms of the optical format f2.0 28 millimeter lens and at the megapixel count interesting one there I'll get steve to give you some commentary on that it actually has the htc image chip so there's a custom uh, chip for imaging in the phone it's capable of recording 1080p video it's got a, a secondary front-facing camera that's five megapixels wide angle lens um with you know, various other bits and pieces. It's also got this sort of duo cam, which is a, a camera on the back that has the ability to kind of record depth information. Come back and talk about the camera more in a moment. Yes, please, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, outside of that, it's all the things you'd expect in terms of GPS, the multimedia support. 2,600 milliamp hour battery, so pretty big battery there. Um, that's going to be talk time up to 24 hours in practice, it's going to be the usual thing. It'll last through, you know, a good day of usage. As far as I'm aware, the specifications are identical to what you get with the Android version of the device. But the only differences you'll see is the materials on the outside. It's a slightly different grey colour, and there's going to be a Windows Phone logo on the device. But other than that, it's identical. And actually, it's something that was allowed really by what HTC decided to do with the Android device in terms of the -the on-screen buttons, wasn't it, Steve? I mean... at least in practical terms, how were they so quickly able to get this over and engineered on Windows Phone?
0: I, I guess so. At a simplistic level, you say, well, of course they can just put a different OS on it. <laughs> it's got virtual controls. You can put, you could probably put Symbian on if you wanted to. Uh, well, uh, but in, in practice, there are huge um, uh, engineering challenges in terms of actually tying the operating system in, in with the chipset and the drivers and the components. There is a lot of work there done under the hood, and it's genuinely impressive to see a manufacturer. I think that HTC was saying they're the very first manufacturer ever to use absolutely identical hardware with a completely different operating system so credit to them there
1: yeah i just want to emphasize Uh, i mean i was sort of joking aside and saying it's easy it's not at all there's an awful lot of work to do and just picking out a few things like the snapdragon 801 that's the first for windows phone infrared sensor that's the first coming back in you know having to integrate a custom image image chip the boom sound which is the audio stuff there's a lot in there that is unique and actually arguably makes this the best windows phone device in terms of specification and uh Although you, you might think it's just a matter of changing the bootloading and software. In fact, well at the very low level yes it is but in terms of getting it working in an efficient way we've talked in the past about how the windows phone versions in terms of the developer previews haven't worked very well you might be able to get something going on the htc and make relatively quickly and there's actually some suggestions that there's a bootloader which in theory would mean you could switch the software in and out in practice that you know won't be publicly available you know, maybe uh, come available as people hack it about a bit or something but it really is a very impressive technical achievement HTC deserve a lot of credit for doing this. Um, I, I'm sure there's some people out there going, you know, why do it on identical hardware? Well clearly there's going to be a cost saving to developing the actual hardware. If you think about a lot of the money of developing a phone goes into integrating all the chips, making sure that it all fits into a relatively small package and an attractive design, that there's not interference between the aerials and the chips. So there is a lot of cost saving there. But let's not make any mistake. There's also a lot of work in getting the software running. And then HTC have also done a whole bunch of custom software, some of which has come across from Android, which we'll talk about in a little while.
0: Yeah, I should trail the fact that I'm going to be doing a comparison between the Lumia 930 and the One uh, M8 for Windows obviously it's it's an obvious comparison to do but there are significant differences despite the overall spec levels both being at a fairly high end a couple of things Rafe that you didn't mention which I think are of interest, one is kind of implied that uh, we should say anyway, this is a metal device, it is an aluminium unibody frame as opposed to the Nokias which tend to be, in the 930's case, a mix of metals, plastics and different chassis (laughs) and Obviously, very well built, but this is a genuine aluminium unibody, which is certainly uh, gives it a premium feel in the hand.
1: Yeah, and it's a hugely attractive device. I think I've, on record, said that the HTC One M8 is my favourite Android device. That's partly about what HTC have, have done with some of the software. But a lot of it is actually just down to the fact it's a really attractive piece of hardware. Uh, The camera is an interesting design decision. I'm sure Steve is going to have something to say about that. Uh, But it's really great to see what's going to be a really high-end premium design come on to Windows Phone. And so if people do want the choice between Android and Windows Phone, this is going to give a fabulous device. Uh, Just to make clear, it is at the moment exclusive to Verizon HTC have kind of reaffirmed that there is no information about it coming available anywhere else. So anything you read about that can only be speculation. But uh, I think it's probably a fair bet to say Verizon will have an exclusive on this in the United States, and I would expect that to last for a while. If there's demand from operators elsewhere, would HTC make it available? Uh, I'd expect so, but there there certainly will be an exclusive period. And whether that's nationally or globally, there's no real way of knowing. HTC haven't given us any information about that. You know, they've just said at the moment it's available for for Verizon. But uh, it seems to me quite likely that we will see it in other markets at some point in the future. But there is no official information on that.
0: Yeah, for all we know, it might just be a, quote, exclusive in the USA to Verizon. That might be you know, more widely available elsewhere, but we'll, as I say, we'll have to wait and see. The other thing you didn't mention, Rafe, um, I perhaps just skipped over in the specs, is that this has got a micro SD card expans- expansion, which is something that the 930 doesn't have, of course. Yeah, that's a, a
1: good point, actually. I mean, it's got a very generous 32 gigabytes of internal storage, but uh, you'll be able to put a uh, memory card in there up to 128 uh, gigabytes, so you know you're talking about a serious amount of space potentially if you want to get media and stuff onto the phone. I think that's a, a really great extra, and so a lot of people just looking at this from a pure specification point of view are going to go, there really aren't any compromises you can you can pick out, and even down to things like the Snapdragon 801 processor, just a little bit better engineered um, in terms of what that means probably going to mean it's a bit more power efficient over the snapdragon 800 that you're finding in the high-end lumia devices so that's great to see as well you know this really is cutting edge in terms of specifications and there's been many comments in years past about windows phone kind of being behind the curve of android in terms of specifications you can't really argue anymore with this device because you've got what is effectively one of the android flagships at the moment It's also going to be available in a Windows Phone variant. Now, Whether that's an interesting decision and the whole strategy around that maybe merits further discussion. But from a Windows Phone point of view, when it is quite clearly the third platform and is having to compete against Android, I think it can only be seen as good news to have another manufacturer come in, especially with a high-end premium device.
0: Yes, and, and sorry to be Mr. Scrooge and Mr. Unhappy <laughs> and Mr. Grumpy to all of this good news, but uh, we do have to address the camera at some point, because the, the single most common complaint about the HTC One, M7 and M8 designs in the Android world is that the camera is too low resolution? It's too disappointing. Um, if you think about there's a thing called Nyquist frequencies, Nyquist sampling. I won't go into all the physics of it, but basically, if you want if you want a fair amount of detail in your photograph, you need to have the raw number of megapixels to back it up, so that you from the you know the raw red green and blue pixels that make up the camera sensor array you can pull from that using this what's called the um, sort of Bayer filtering you can pull from that meaningful color detail that the eye can see and appreciate and with a raw megapixel of four megapixels now this is kind of what we had in about 2005 2006 and htc is still using this in 2014 their um, reasoning for this is that they call them ultra pixels, and as you say, two microns, which is quite large in terms of raw s- pixel size. And they say, well, okay, if we have large pixels, um, there'll, there'll be less chance for digital noise to creep in because there'll be more photons hitting each pixel. And they're right, and the sensor is fairly low noise, but it's also incredibly low detail. And certainly having taken a photograph um. In whatever light conditions, you can't really do much with it. You can't crop into it. You can't do very much processing on it because you're limited by the sheer amount of detail produced by the sensor. Um, so there's that factor, of There's also the fact that this secondary camera... This um, depth field camera and the uFocus software is an absolute utter clutch. I've done numerous articles on the web and I can point people towards these in the show notes but uh, essentially what it does Ray, it just takes a normal photograph at 4 megapixels and you have some depth information gathered by this secondary low resolution camera and then as a sort of post-processing effect, you can say yes, yes, I like that um, that car that's ten ten meters away from me in the photograph, but I really wanted the um, the the church in the background to be in focus. So you're using this u-focus feature. You tap on the church in the background in the in the gallery, if you like. And the U Focus application and it artificially blurs the car. It doesn't improve the focus on the church, it doesn't improve the clarity of the thing you actually want to look at. It simply does extra artificial blurring on top of what you may naturally have from the optical blurring. So, the U Focus feature is a nice little bullet point thing that our uh, consumers will absolutely love. I'm sure, sure they love it on the, the, M, the, uh, the M8, but it, to, to a purist like me, to a camera purist like me, it's an absolute anathema and a complete and utter kludge. Plus, the fact that they've got with this low resolution i am completely underwhelmed by the the one m8 m and m7 cameras and uh, i'm sorry if i sound like mr grumpy but that's just my (laughs) my high-end viewpoint
1: i I think it's absolutely fine to be grumpy about it but you you kind of hinted at one of the things there that i think is an important point some people are going to love it because it's the kind of gimmicky feature the duo cam Um, that stands out and for people who love it it, it's not a gimmick it's an important part of what they're able to do with it and there are some other effects kind of uh, a faux 3d and you know, HTC are making these available in various ways, but really it's kind of the equivalent to Cinemagraph on the Lumia devices Uh, of questionable value to the purists, but trying to make the the photograph a bit more interesting. And to to do this, HTC have actually created a custom camera application that bears a a striking resemblance, or at least it has some crossover behavior from the the Android version. It has these three DuroCam effects. I'm not quite so harsh with Steve because I actually quite like some of the shots I've taken with the android version of the one m8 and uh, absolutely it is only a four megapixel camera and if you look at it like that and then compare it you know to the 20 megapixel that you're getting on something like the 930 there's there's clearly a clash there but htc i think even steve admitted there, they're onto something with the ultra pixel i think the problem is it doesn't quite deliver on the promise and maybe if it was just a few extra megapixels you know six seven megapixels yeah. then yeah. it it would make more sense so but i wouldn't dismiss it out of hand because i think htc have been really brave here to make this decision to try something different because of course they're as a manufacturer in a position and they're trying to compete against sony and samsung who are producing their own sensors it's going to be basically impossible for them to stand out they've done something really different and really apart from you know, Nokia with its sort of camera technology and something like the 1020, they're the only ones who've really broken the mold and done something different. And I, I think they deserve credit for that. And I think in some circumstances, for certain types of users, it works really well. The ones where it kind of stands out is if you're using your your smartphone as what I might refer to as a social camera i you'll kind of uh just want to take it and look at photos on the phone maybe share them up to you know twitter and facebook print out the odd one six by four you'll be absolutely fine for that and some of the the gimmicks and the tricks that htc does know actually work really well the other thing that i would really emphasize is having a built-in dedicated imaging chip they refer to it as the htc imaging chip means that the performance of the camera is lightning quick it really is very quick on shot to shot time and for some people that's a really important attribute you know if you've got small children running about or you're taking you know fast moving scenes or just you know you keep missing things because you're not quite fast enough on the second shot. That does make a difference, and uh, you, know, you contrast it to some of the Lumia devices where the shot to shot time is, I think it's fair to say, slow or poor. You know, knock it offset that by having very high quality by, you know, often getting it right on the first shot. So, as ever with this, it is a, a subjective issue, and I, I just land more on the side of actually, I think it's a good thing, and I think HTC have done something different. I just think if you're going to buy a device like this, you need to go in with your eyes open. You're not getting kind of the traditional high resolution smartphone camera technology. You're getting something different. Uh, I actually think sometimes it might be better at capturing the images, the memories that you want it to do. Uh, but but don't expect it to be a, you know, a Lumia 930 or a Lumia 1020 type device. It is, it is standing apart. Um, and I think some of the criticisms it gets are a little bit unfair. Um, but, I probably have to add in a caveat at the end is, yeah, I really would have liked it to be a couple of extra megapixels. Um, But credit to HTC, because they've actually put the Duracam on the Windows phone device. They could have just stuck in a bog standard camera. And I think by doing so, they've actually added something that makes it stand apart from the Lumia devices in the imaging department, which is something very rare in any high-end smartphone.
0: Yeah, well, one thing I was disappointed is that they, they dropped the OIS, the optical image stabilisation, from the M7 when they created the M8, first for Android and now for Windows Phone. And in fairness, I think it's because the HTC's OIS, which is only to have a two-axis, not three-axis, never actually worked that well. So I guess they were thinking, well, you know, let's just Reduce the complexity and, and drop the OAS altogether because it wasn't having much effect. Yeah. But compared to the OIS that's now in you know nearly all the, the top-end Lumias, where you can you don't have to worry about handshake very much. Uh, it's it's quite a shock to go back to a device with no OIS at that price point again.
1: It it is, although again that is somewhat offset by the speed of the camera. But but like all of these things, you know, it's kind of a trade off. You've got this duo cam stuff in there, and as I understand it, the optical image stabilization wouldn't really work very well with that, or rather, there'd be extra work to do. i think sometimes there's a danger that you can debate ad nauseum around these points and say which one's better than the other when it comes down to it they're all capable of producing pretty good shots and capturing memories which one you prefer becomes harder to describe i mean one thing that hasn't come across to this windows phone device is the zoe software now it's on beta on the htc one m8 and actually they htc have chosen to make it available for some other android devices i'd really like to see that on uh, windows phone as well because in terms of, kind of a way what it does is it collects a whole bunch of videos and stills together and combines them into a it refers htc refers to as a highlight video i think it's a really effective way of creating a kind of a one-shot sharing of a memory or of an event or something like that uh it's not quite fully cracked yet in my, in my opinion in the where it gets shared socially but it does avoid that kind of problem of having 30 different still images in a couple of videos that you put up onto facebook and people only ever look at the first one so i would imagine it would be an htc's roadmap to bring something like that across it's a pretty big engineering challenge compared to things like the geocam and the blink feed and some of the other bits they've got on there but it'd be interesting to see that come across because i think that compares pretty favorably with uh you know, the Microsoft equipment, which I guess would be uh, living images and uh, you know, the story album type software. So the the camera, I think, is going to be a continuous talking point. We're going to look at it in more detail once we have a chance to see the device in person. Um, but shall we talk about some of the other custom HTC software that's on there? One that stands out for me, Steve, it, it is BlinkFeed. I know you've used this on the yeah. HTC OneMX. It, it's actually implemented slightly differently on this Windows phone device, isn't it?
0: It's difficult to tell, actually. All we've seen so far is the promo video that uh, HTC and Verizon have put together. It looks to be a standalone application, obviously, with its own live tile, which makes absolute sense in the Windows Phone environment. And to be honest, that's probably all you need. On the Android, you actually kind of swiped across from the home screen, and it's own home screen pane. But here, it's kind of more integrated into the the general application flow. And and as such, I think it'll do very well. It's 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 basically a news and feed aggregator. And if there's someone who just wants a a one-scrolling pain with every everything from the world and everything from your friends all in one go. So it's an innovative approach
1: and I know a lot of people like it. it. It is and as you said it's done through the kind of the live tile as the access mechanism. It probably won't be quite so well integrated as the Android version because HTC controls a lot of the software that can pull in content on the Android version so that'll be one to watch out for you know how well it integrates the social content but uh, I think a lot of people have the problem on a smartphone is they want to be able to consume content but can't necessarily be bothered to set up feeds. So BlinkFeed is something for me which doesn't appeal to smartphone geeks at all, but it does have a certain amount of appeal to the kind of the general consumer. And HTC, I think taking some of their learnings from the Android version would be putting it into Windows Phone. The other kind of standout bit of custom software for me is the, the TV application. It's TV Sense, and this is using the IR blaster on the top of the device to allow you to control your TV, and the actual application kind of has a TV guide built into it. There's several different ways of looking at it. Um, obviously, this is specific to the U.S. market. HTC on the Android version do make it available in some other markets as well, including the U.K., but it, it, it's kind of funny these things go around in, in it feels like big circles because i can remember back in the days of the cyan palm you know ir blast as a way to remote control things being a popular thing in in the early days of the Symbian series 60 devices but sort of then went away and more recently it's come back and you know hdc aren't the only android manufacturer doing that but interesting to see it come onto windows phone steve
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to playing with it. I I went through testing some of the early Android implementations about 18 months ago, and very few of them worked, partly because I had a TV that was about six years old. But since then, I've got acquired a new second-hand TV, which is only two and a half years old. I'm I'm optimistic that in 2014, by Christmas time, I might actually be controlling my TV from my smartphone. But do bear in mind, I do kind of live slightly off the bleeding edge, Rafe.
1: Yeah, and uh, it's worth saying... When we get our hands on it, we're going to have the American version. We don't have access to American TV, so it's not something (laughs) we're going to be able to test um very easily i did just want to revisit the the screen technology a little bit in this device before we kind of wrap up this htc 1 m8 for windows section i think we're going to have to come up with a snappier name for it if we're going to talk about it again in the future and that's the fact that it's got a you know a 1080p 5 inch screen and so it's going to be great for watching content on it's a super lcd3 uh screen in terms of the technology making up so again it's something that contrasts with the route that and Microsoft has gone with its kind of high-end Lumia range. And and this is the thing for me that stands out about this device, is it's actually going to provide uh, consumers on Verizon with a real sense of choice, because they're going to have the Lumia icon, Lumia 930 in other words, on the one hand, and then this HTC One M8 for Windows on the other hand. Both have their, their benefits, as we've talked about. Steve will elucidate more on that in a, a feature that we'll have on the site in a few days. But also it's pretty healthy for Windows Phone. Verizon, as an operator, has gone, we want to have two high-end Windows Phone devices on there. So it speaks a little bit about their confidence in the platform that they actually have commissioned HTC to do this. Because make no mistake, this happened because an operator requested it. Um, They probably went to HTC and said, you know, can you do something like this? And HTC said, yes, we'll be happy to do it, but it's going to cost you X, Y, Z. Um, and while HTC will have saved some money by reusing the Android design, you know it's still a significant investment to create something like this. And so, I just think in terms of health of the platform, it's really great. And you know, Verizon is now looking like the best plat- best operator to be on in the states in terms of having a a choice of high end Windows Phone devices. Uh, yeah. Maybe not so much once you go down the tiers. You know, T-Mobile, AT and T perhaps have a a better selection there. But really great news for. U.S. people, especially if you're on the Verizon network. It's going to be available uh, from today online. It's going to be a few days. It's going to be in Verizon stores. And it's priced at $99 on a two-year contract, which to me looks like very attractive pricing. When the uh, One M8 first came out, it was at the $199 price point, uh, similar to the Icon. Uh, But that $99 just brings it down into kind of the typical smartphone price, where you're not having to pay that extra $100 up front. So to me, that's pretty uh, significant in pricing terms. Um, it, It starts to make you think, well, what would that translate to in international terms? It probably means it's a £450 rather than a £550 handset when we start thinking about UK prices just to emphasise, again, it's just Verizon at the moment. There's no word on whether this will become available anywhere else. And obviously the big push is going to be on Verizon. That's everything that HTC and Microsoft will be be, be talking about. But uh, it's really quite satisfying to see this come to fruition. It's been rumoured for quite a long time. Uh, but to actually see it delivered, and um, really look forward to trying it out uh, and hearing what everybody else thinks about this as well.
0: You started this section, Ray, talking about displays. You didn't quite get to the point I wanted to come, come to, so if I can just insert insert something Please, here. Please,
1: Steve. It's yeah, the it, it screen's the most important thing on your phone. Bow to Steve's superior knowledge, and I know he's a uh, a big one on the various different screen technologies, as uh, everybody will know who listens to this podcast regularly.
0: Yeah, well, there are actually two things of interest here. They're Obviously, both screens are roughly the same size, roughly the same resolution, 1080p, no difference there. But... Um, one is AMOLED, one is LCD. Now, people, AMOLED has its fans, saturated colors, um, it's arguably more power, fish, power efficient, in some applications and not in others. LCD, um, very good, um, accurate colors in, in most light conditions, especially HDC's implementation. And um, there's also then, there's another factor which most people won't realize, which is that the, um, that the, the Lumia 930's screen is pentile as a lot of the Nokia AMOLED screens are, which means you don't get a true 1080p resolution across the whole screen. You actually get doubled up, doubled up green pixels, is it, with That's the red right. and blue alternating? Um, so, and if you look really closely at the 930 screen, or indeed any of the other um, Nokia AMOLED displays, you can see kind of fuzziness, especially around white text on a black background. The HTC screen here is Super LCD3, and I'm, I presume, if I'm 99.9% certain, this is going to be a full RGB, which means you get full 1080p resolution across all three subpixels.
1: Yes, that's right. I mean, we haven't got final confirmation on this. It's not in the specification sheets, but that's our assumption uh, based on what we've seen on other HTC devices.
0: Yeah, so good. In other words, the, the this um, HTC 1.8 for Windows will actually be the crispest. Display in the Windows Phone world, I'd argue, even perhaps beating the the current champion, which is the Nokia Lumia fifteen twenty. So I think the this will come in right at the high end of display technology, and we'll have a gorgeous display. I mean, I know you're absolutely in love with your M eight display in Android.
1: I I am. It's really great. I would just say the one caveat to this is that I think the Lumia displays generally do better outside. Nokia's sort of implementation of the various polarizers, et cetera, in clear black display, just for me and for my mind, it work a little bit better. And so, like anything else, it's a trade-off between different things, but I do expect this to be a, you know, a fantastic device for watching media on. And, you know, and something like Xbox video, it's going to be a great device for something like that, you know, a nice big screen as well. Um, and, and certainly making a comparison with the 930, I think it's probably fair to give the, Wanna make just a little bit of an edge there. The fifteen twenty, that's gonna be a, a harder one to judge, and obviously you know there's obviously the physical size there as well. But all of them have, you know, great displays and it's something that HTC maybe suffered a bit in the past, but that's definitely in the past. You know, this is gonna be a really great screen. Talking about the screen, there's just one more thing I want to mention, and this is the fact that HTC are supporting the dot view case on the Windows device as well. Now this dot view case is kind of a typical wallet style case in that it's something that you know, a, a plastic shell that fits around the back and then a, a plastic bit that flips over the top of the screen. We've seen them on loads of devices. It's called the dot view because it's got a whole load of dots perforated into that front flip face. And what happens is the screen turns on behind it and effectively you get a custom UI and on the Android version, you get various alerts and time and and weather forecasts and notifications. Now in the last podcast, we mentioned that there'd been an update to Windows phone to kind of support that kind of accessory. And the Windows version, phone version of the, the one M8 takes advantage of that. The flip view case will be available. It's not going to have quite the same range, full range of alerts and sort of things that you can do with this custom ui as on the android version it it may come after a bit of time but it's really great to see htc offering a bit of innovation in the accessory space on windows phone and actually it's one of the cases i really liked i said on the 361 podcast recently that was kind of my favorite bit of accessory because often you're putting a case on because you want to protect it and it kind of takes away from the nice design of the device and that's always a shame but this is something that adds in extra functionality and so you can wake up the device a double tap and things like that so a really nice extra and i hope uh, HTC so sort of continue to work on that, offer a bit more of the customization. Um, it is worth saying that this is, as, as we said earlier in the podcast, shipping with 8.1.1, which does mean that accessory technology, it also means some extra VPN support, folders on the start screen, improved Internet Explorer browser, as well as a couple of other things. And so it's the first Windows phone device to actually ship with that as kind of the release version rather than available through mm-hmm. the uh, developer preview, as is the case for the Lumia devices at the moment.
0: How are they able to do that, Rafe? We're just starting to get our heads around the fact that as de- with the developer preview, we can try 8.1.1, and within about two or three months' time, it will gradually become stable and mature, and then we can start thinking about it being rolled out to existing devices. And hang on, HTC are launching tomorrow, 8.1.1, on a shipping device. How is that possible?
1: Well, I think they say it quietly. It's probably the version that's running on this HTC device is exactly the same or very similar to the one that's available through the developer preview. The difference is that the device has been built and integrated and sort of um, set up with that in mind. And so they've been testing on it for a while. And what people probably don't realize is all of these software updates, you know, have been worked on by Microsoft significantly ahead of any public release. And presumably HTC have had access to maybe a beta release and have been able to sort of do the work for this device, it's much easier to release a software update with a new device. And that's typically why we always see devices um, that are new come with more up to date software. And we've seen it with uh, Windows Phone 8.1. We had the 6.30, and the 9.30 come out with Windows Phone 8.1 before that update actually became available uh, You know, through the kind of public update process for existing devices it does seem unusual in this case that it's so close to the kind of release through the developer preview. Uh And we're talking about basically a fortnight effectively, um, but there isn't any real secret to it. I I suspect that perhaps it's not quite as finished as it could be. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if HTC and Microsoft issue an update for this uh, HTC 1M8 for Windows sooner rather than later. Um, uh, That and together with the fact that that's what it's been tested with for a while is probably the secret behind it. So there isn't some big conspiracy theory to (laughs) the software updates. It's just the way things work out during the development process. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, one final bit of news. Breaking away from the One M Eight for Windows, um obviously which is the centre point of this podcast because it was launched just this afternoon. But uh, we also got news today that the Nokia Lumia Five Hundred and Thirty has got a, a U- official UK release date, which is kind of exciting because there's a price attached now. Rafe, just the One M Eight for Windows. Give me a, a rough estimated, assuming that they did release it, say in the UK, assuming they did release it, say on pairs you go or sim in the UK. How much would we look it, be looking at for say a One M Eight for Windows? 450, 450,
1: yeah. 500? I I said four. 50 earlier, I think I might be, might be being a bit optimistic given that you know this is a special release for Verizon, so maybe they're trying to push it. You can only really compare it to the, the one I made for Android, which came in around the £500 pound mark. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, 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 you know, let's say 450 to 550 and you're probably in the right ballpark.
0: And yet, the Lumia 530, uh, yes, we at the other end of the spectrum, but it's a full Windows phone 8.1 handset, and it's got an all, all the main software functionality. £60 to you, Rafe. It's just amazing. <laughs> 60, <laughs> it really £60 is. on EE, 23 and Vodafone, and all the other major uh, high street phone shops, um, obviously on go. so it's presumably locked to the various networks, but even so, on go. £60 for that is, is an absolute bargain.
1: It, it it is and actually if you buy it through Carphone warehouse or three you will get it unlocked because that's part of their their policy ah. and for 60 pounds now there is a caveat that you will probably have to have a 10 pound top up on top of that we're talking 70 pounds but i can remember when this was announced we were talking about pricing and i said oh, it's probably going to be about 80 pounds on the high street and it may get down to the 50 pound price point by christmas time when you get some special offers so really incredible that it's launching at 60 pounds. The other significant thing here is that it's actually launching on EE, Vodafone, O2, and 3. So that's, you know, taking all of the major UK networks and that's quite unusual for a Windows phone device to have it launch on all of them at the same time. We often see the devices kind of staggered and an operator will be less keen on one device than the other but it's also phones for you it's also car phone warehouse so this is near universal availability in the kind of the the high street mobile phone buying which is and I think that reflects how well the 520 did as a seller you know over the last year the 530 is really coming in to replace that. It, It is absolutely at the bottom end compared to the HTC 108, but it demonstrates really effectively kind of the range and the flexibility of Windows Phone. Um, in this case, it's coming with Windows Phone 8.1 with Lumia Sign. It's a four inch. Uh, display and it's sort of uh, extra wide uh, WVGA, so there's some extra pixels there for the on-screen uh, controls. You know, it's a 1430 milliamp hour battery. Uh, it does have uh, 3G connectivity plus Wi-Fi and uh, Bluetooth and the usual stuff. It's a uh, 1.2 gigahertz quad-core Snapdragon, so it's Snapdragon 200. You know, obviously a big step down from something like the Snapdragon 801. The camera is only five megapixels, so you could rather cheekily say it's uh, got a higher megapixel count than the. Uh, rear camera on the HTC 1M8. That kind of misses the point. And uh, like I say, on the 1M8, the it's actually the front-facing camera, it's five megapixels, so you can make the same joke there between the front and the back. 512 megabytes of RAM. It's got four gigabytes of internal memory, which is pretty low and could be a, a significant consideration. Less so now with Windows so Phone 8.1, given the support for microSD, which indeed this 530 does have, again, up to 128 gigabytes. So the 530 and the 1M8 for Windows opposite ends of the spectrum but they also demonstrate kind of the opportunity that windows phone has you know over the next six months if we kind of go in towards the christmas season there's going to be a device which look at the 530 of course it's cut down of course it's less but 60 pounds really amazing for a smartphone and you're going to get pretty much a very similar windows phone core experience as you are on the htc device now the htc device no question if you offered me both i would go for the htc because i prefer the design it's got the better camera it's got the better screen and pretty much every other component in there is superior in some way but when we talk about things like you know cortana we think about some of the other aspects that a core windows phone experiences the live tiles you know, most of the apps—they're all going to be there—and that consistency of experience across that range from 60 pounds right up to 500 pounds is is really important. And uh, honestly, I'm staggered that the the 530 is going to be launching at 60 pounds in the UK. It really is a very impressive price point. Now there has been this happened with the the 630 we seal price point announced it was 99 pounds and it actually turned out by the time you bought it it was an extra 10 pounds or 20 pounds i expect the same thing to happen with this honestly by the time you take into account having to do a top up and things like that but even so 70 pounds for a brand new windows phone device Right at launch time is amazing. That is, of course, going to come down in time, and that makes me absolutely confident that it will be at the 49.99 price point for Christmas, and that's going to be a great thing uh, for Windows Phone and for the Lumia range.
0: Yeah, and of course, if you then mirror this across Europe and many other European countries of a similar model in terms of people buying phone through shops and through networks, then this could be a major success story for Windows Phone. And you also mentioned the consistency across the range, really. You get the same user interface uh, experience from, you know, £50, £60 right up to £500. Don't forget, of course, you've got the effectively the same consistency right up to things, arguably, things like the Surface 3, um, tablet stroke, laptop stroke, PC, whatever you call it, because we've now got common Windows 8 Uh, applications which can run the same application essentially on both the smartphone and the tablet stroke laptop
1: yeah that's right and it's an important point because as windows 8 becomes sort of more common more people are getting it that consistency of experience becomes uh, you know i would say more important and we're actually seeing uh, recently HP have announced a laptop today for the $199 price point, you know, competing with the Chromebook and that runs Windows 8 and has that consistency of experience. So it's also consistency of services. So something like OneDrive and some of the Bing applications, you know, is you start taking it for granted once you use Windows 8 and Windows Phone 8.1 that data syncs back and forth you get wi-fi passwords going back and forth you get data from certain applications and that's only going to become more common and it's even something that some of your settings going back and forth as well and all being backed up to the cloud working across tablet pc you know and everything else I, I think that factor, which Microsoft have talked about for a long, long time as being important, hasn't really delivered before. But it does feel it's getting to the point where it, it, it starts to become more important because they've actually delivered on like this kind of promise of the same experience everywhere. There's, don't get me wrong, there, there's still work to do. But the fact that you get something that feels similar and has access to the same services right from that 60-pound smartphone through the tablets up to the you know, potentially thousands of pounds laptops – I think is something that shouldn't be ignored. It shouldn't be written yeah. off because um, it's something Apple are trying to do with obviously the iOS 8 and the launch presumably the iPhone 6 and the way you'll be able to continue the experience from a, a Mac laptop down onto the iPhone and similarly Google is doing something similar with Google Google Chrome. But you have to kind of bear in mind that Microsoft has a much bigger ownership of that desktop space and it's far more likely that someone's going to have a Microsoft device in terms of a laptop or a desktop uh tablets more interesting because obviously um iOS is dominant there but actually a lot of the value comes when you move from that kind of portable smartphone to you know the laptop that sits in your your lap yeah. or on a desk or even you know a full scale desktop PC i don't want to overplay that um, but i think you're right to identify that consistency of experience you know as something that should be part of the purchase decision criteria now
0: yeah, uh, I think we're d- veering dangerously into 361 degrees analysis territory here, Rafe. So maybe we should just uh, cut this all about Windows Phone podcast uh, t- to an end. And I'll say thank you very much for listening and we'll catch you next week. And a goodbye from Rafe.
1: Yeah, goodbye from me as well. Thanks for, Steve, uh, for ever as keeping me in line and stopping you from talking too much. Well, a little bit anyway. And we'll, we'll see you all next week. <laughs> bye bye.